What does Christmas have to do with your training? A little counterintuitive. Find out on today's episode of the Peace Walker Podcast. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker Podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level. Craig Gray here. You are on the Peace Walker Podcast, episode number 62. What the heck does Christmas have to do with your training? Well, that is what we're going to explore today on the podcast. And you are probably going to be a little surprised at what I have to share with you on that. So stick around. Speaking of Christmas, it makes me think of presents. And I have a present for you. If you go to sixdaydefense.com, it's all spelled out except for the dot. That's sixdaydefense.com. I am going to give you a gift, the gift of this Peace Walker mindset. Basically, it is my home study course, my introductory offer to you to get you in on this path of a Peace Walker. Sixdaydefense.com will teach you the basics of living a safer, healthier, happier, more powerful and fulfilled life. Why? Because you'll learn how to recognize and deal with conflict and potential violence more effectively. It doesn't matter if you already have training or you never trained a day in your life. If you go to Peace Walker, no, if you go to sixdaydefense.com, you're going to get access to that to that program. And don't worry, it's not very long. Six days, yes, but it's only 10 minutes a day. So it's two five-minute videos. One video is a concept. The other video is a physical defensive tactic. When you register for that resource, you're also going to get my almost daily emails where I send you almost daily. That's why we call them almost daily emails. I send you a tip, trick, and tactic or a story about being a protector, about this protector lifestyle, about being a peace walker. And that gets delivered directly to your inbox almost every day. Some weeks a little bit more, some weeks a little bit less. So like this week, I'm traveling a lot, so my community probably gets a couple emails. Other weeks, it's more. But, uh, but there you go. Free tips, tricks, and tactics delivered right to your doorstep. So you've got 6daydefense.com, free home study course, and almost daily tips, tricks, and tactics about being a better protector and being a peace walker. Again, that's 6daydefense.com. All right, so what the heck does Christmas have to do with training? On my last episode, if you haven't listened to that, go back to episode number 61, and I talk about the two biggest challenges of, of your training. And one of the biggest challenges is to keep going. And I talked a little bit about how people, after about five to seven years, they kind of reach a transitional point. And many people don't make it past that transitional point. 
And a lot of times it's because they don't have the right perspective. They haven't, their perspective hasn't grown to match their physical abilities. You understand what I mean? They've gained a lot in physical abilities if they're training any kind of martial art. Within five to seven years, you have developed some pretty, if you're training regularly and putting some effort into it, you've probably gained some pretty decent skills physically. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't also acquire, well, let me rephrase that, because I don't want to totally throw everybody under the bus. But a lot of times what happens is your physical skills increase faster than your perspective increases. That's a good way of putting it. So what happens is after five to seven years, it's kind of it's like a relationship, a long-term relationship when you get into one. Um, you know, you kind of get into your routines, so to speak. And I relate it to this little story. And here's where the Christmas part comes in. You remember when you were a kid back, I don't know, maybe as far back as you can remember, maybe three or five years old. And you remember what Christmas felt like then? The wonder of it, right? You've got all these lights and this tree and all these presents that are underneath that tree that are for you and this guy named Santa and his elves who made this stuff for you and you you know a few months before Christmas you started thinking about you know making a list and writing to Santa about what you wanted and if you were a good kid or a bad kid and you know keeping you in line and you know um the night of, it's very exciting. You're watching Christmas shows and you put out cookies and milk and, and uh, you know, you go to bed all excited and the next day you probably wake up as early as you ever have and you're excited. So that excitement of being a kid and experiencing Christmas changes. So as you get older you realize, you know, maybe your brother tells you, your sister tells you, or a cousin tells you or something, but you find out that Santa isn't real. It's your parents putting those presents down there. There's not somebody sliding down the chimney and putting out their gifts. And those elves, aside from the Will Ferrell movie, you know, those elves maybe don't live up in the North Pole and aren't making your presents. Maybe it's, you know, Amazon. <laughs> So, you know, you reach a different phase of then it's just the excitement of getting what you want, even though you know your parents are giving it to you and other people are giving you gifts. And then maybe another phase is when you start giving gifts. Maybe at first your mom and dad tell you that, you know, you should really make a gift for people. So you start making gifts and that feels pretty good, but it's different than you know, later when you maybe earn some allowance money or maybe get a job or something and you start purchasing gifts for people. And, and I know, I think in my memory of it, I, I was a little resentful at first <laughs> of having to, or thinking, feeling the pressure to buy gifts for people. But then later, you know, you kind of grow into that too. It's like, I enjoy buying gifts for people. Matter of fact, I enjoy giving the gifts more than, than getting the gifts. And then later yet, maybe you have children of your own. And now you see Christmas again through their eyes. 
maybe that whole cycle that I was just telling you about happens again, right? Now they are, they don't know about Santa, so you introduce them to this legendary Santa Claus and and the excitement in their eyes and the joy that they have. And then, you know, maybe, maybe later yet, you start to have an appreciation somewhere in there, kind of simultaneously, uh, an appreciation for getting together as a family, getting together with your friends, letting your friends know how much you mean to them and the spirit of giving. And then later yet, maybe your kids have kids and you go through that whole cycle again with grandparents or with grandkids rather, as a grandparent. And then I know for me personally, right, so it's 2001 right now. We had COVID the past year and a half. So really 2019 for me and my family was the last kind of normal, old school holiday season that we had. It's changing, right? My, we usually get together uh, at my aunt's for Thanksgiving and my parents for Christmas. Well, my aunt just recently got um, transitioned into a, an assisted living home. So we're not going to her house anymore. They're trying to sell her condo. So we won't be going there. Last year, we didn't, we didn't get together at all because of COVID. And that would put us right at 2019, and I remember that's the year that I went to one of the years that I went to Japan. So I left a little early on Thanksgiving Day to go to Japan to train. And uh, but that would was that was our we didn't know it at the time. I knew that it could end at any time because you know my aunt's in her late eighties and my mom and dad are in their you know mid late seventies, so it could end any time. But uh, but nobody knew that 2019 was that last was that last time, and not that it's over yet. We will still have the holiday season with my folks and my aunt. It just won't be the same. It will be different. It's yet made another change. So here's my point. It's just like training. If you have expectations of Christmas and the holiday season, the same expectations that you had when you were three and five years old with that wonderment of Santa Claus and the gifts and the elves and the, you know, all this stuff, that same feeling, you're going to be very disappointed. You're going to be very bitter, very bored. And it's, you're not going to be able to retain that feeling so if you get stuck there, meaning that that is your expectation of that experience, you are going to be very, very disappointed and you're going to lose interest. So the same thing like training, right? When you train in any new art, any new endeavor, at first it's very exciting. And everything's new. And there's a sense of wonderment to it. <clears throat> you haven't really put all the pieces together yet. And then you mature and things change. You get a little bit better. And then you continue to mature and things continue to change. And then you reach a point to where things are changing more rapidly. But then you hit, hit a plateau. And then things change again. 
And if you've been training any length of time, both you're changing and the training's changing. You may be training for different things. But if you want to have that same feeling as you did when you were a, a, just walked into that academy the first time, if you expect that same feeling, you know, after five years of training, ten years of training, you're going to quit. You have to start, just like my Christmas analogy, you have to start appreciating other portions of the training, a deeper portion of the training. Like now in my training, I've been training as of October. So October is coming up in a little over a month. I will have been training 45 years. I'm 51. I started when I was six. I've been training 45 years. It is not the same experience when I first started than, than the experience that I have now, right? Very different back then. Very different stages that I've gone through just with my personal journey of learning different systems, of testing, of training, of competing, of the practical stuff, of getting older, of all these different elements to my training. And I wouldn't trade in any one of them. But my training has changed. I have changed. And if I've had that, if I were to have that same viewpoint as I did when I began, I would never stick with any one thing, right? This is when, like right now, a lot of people, it's very easy with YouTube and online and all that to get access to a lot of different martial arts. And that's both good and bad, right? The good thing is it's really cool to see what's, other, what's happening out there with other styles and systems and practitioners and all that. Very cool. You can also learn a lot. Actually, if you train what you're watching, you can pick up a lot of stuff. Especially if you have a vocabulary on that. You know, if you're a if you're a Krav guy or Krav gal, and you see a Krav video, you probably have some reference of it. If you're a shooter and you see a, somebody shooting, you probably have some reference. Not that you can totally learn from videos because you can't. You still need personal tutelage. Um, you know, personal. It, it, um, interaction with the instructor and other other people to train with, but you can pick up a lot with a video, especially if you are experienced and in tune with what they're showing. You know, if you're a wrestler and you're watching wrestling moves, you can pick up a lot. It doesn't substitute the idea of training with somebody else. It doesn't substitute uh, training with a good instructor. It does not substitute feeling what's going on because oftentimes it's different, but it can get you in the right direction. But anyways, I regress a little, I kind of digress a little bit. My point is, is it's a great resource, but it also, it can be a great distraction. I see it a lot with people who are in intermediate level, even people who are new, right? They're, hey, Craig, you know, if I train one, if I train with you, you know, one time a week, and then this other system one time a week and another system yet, another time a week. You know, so I'm training three days a week, three different things. I'm going to be three times as good. The answer is no, you're not. You're probably going to be three times as sucky because you really need to hit critical mass of, with what you're doing. You need the repetitive nature of training. Whatever it is you're doing, I 
advise people to stick with one thing, especially at the beginning, for, for the first several years, maybe even a decade. And after that, if you really want to get into the higher stages, then you got to continue to stick with that. If you want to divert yourself, you can do that. Um, but as I said, you know, you can now suck at more things at once <laughs> versus just one thing. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. And again, you've got to hit kind of a critical mass. So dabbling in a bunch of different stuff isn't always the way to go, I don't think, especially at the beginning phases. But you get, but what happens is people, they get that feeling again, that feeling of like that five-year-old waking up to see Santa Claus, right? You get that wow feeling and that it's very enticing. But what you miss out on is growing up. What you miss out on is maturing. What you miss out on is mastery. Because that comes with the repetitive nature of one thing. You know, one way of moving, one kind of way of approaching something. And if you pick something that is well-rounded enough, you will get everything that you need. If you don't pick anything, something that's well-rounded, you know, you'll get a fragment. But your training will develop into different stages. Don't expect your training to feel like Christmas Day for a five-year-old as you go down the path of um, mastery, right? You're going to reach different levels. And if you're an instructor, then it's even more, I think, like being a parent to a certain degree because now you can experience the wonderment of your students, but you don't even need to be an instructor to see that, right? You see new people coming in all the time, and when you work with them and train with them, you can instill some of your knowledge upon them and, and re-experience some of that vitality and that newness and that wow through them. So that's one part of it. But the other part is your own training of how your own training changes. And you'll never get past a rudimentary level if you don't really dive down into whatever art or system that you're training. You'll get a very superficial level, which may be all right for you, that's fine. But just like Christmas again, don't, well, not don't, but if you're a parent and experiencing Christmas through the eyes of your kid or you're older and now you have the chance to appreciate Christmas for those more subtle things, the more mature things, the more the deeper things, like getting together as a family and and you know just the comfort that it brings, singing the same songs or listening to the same songs or seeing the same shows, because it brings comfort and stability and anchors you. It brings a joy to you and a meaning. For me, training is very much that way as well, right? The basics, the structure of class, going to the academy and so forth. It's very comforting, but it's also very effective for the repetitive nature of your training. So you respond in the heat of the moment a certain way. You're not, you don't have muscle confusion. You know, what is it, P90X or whatever says, muscle confusion is great for for working out. Well, it might be good for working out, but it's not good for a tactical situation. I don't want to have muscle confusion. I want my muscles to know exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and do it fast. Which means 
if I have a bunch of different approaches running through my subconscious, I'm going to hesitate because I'm not going to know which one to go to and or I'm not going to be effective at whatever it is I'm trying to do because I'm not, I didn't put in the time or I didn't do it well enough or deep enough to really make an impact on my performance. So in your training, you have to understand that there are seasons of your training. And if, you're, if you've been training 5, 10 years and you're expecting the same experience of that 5-year-old or you expect that same experience of you, you know, when you first gave that first gift to somebody or you're expecting the experience of something other than where you're at, you're missing out on appreciating the phase and the season that you're in. Don't miss out on the comfort and company with your loved ones while daydreaming and hoping and wishing that you're still a child. So with training, don't always think it's about just that excitement of learning a new technique or a new way. There are things within the techniques that can be discovered. Yes, you should always be broadening and deepening your knowledge, but it's not going to be the same as you get better at it. From what I understand, it's just like learning a language. At first, it's very challenging to learn a language, but once you've kind of learned the basics of it, then it's easier to pick up. Well, the same thing will happen with your defensive tactics training, your martial arts training, your self-defense training. Once you kind of develop a language, the, the language of whatever you're studying, you begin to pick it up much more quickly. So you have to focus in on different things that excite you. Focus in on different things that help your progress. Focus in on different things that bring you joy and contentment. And they're probably not going to be the same things as when you started. But rather than just jumping around and suck at a bunch of stuff, stick with that one thing and keep going with that. Doesn't mean you can't train other things. Doesn't mean you can't cross train. Doesn't mean you can't do whatever it is you're going to do. But but don't give up the boat because you'll miss the mastery. Don't give up the boat too soon. Don't jump off the boat too soon. Don't stop training in whatever it is you train too soon because you may miss the mastery. What's the difference between a Golden Gloves boxer and a professional boxer? It's not more techniques. That little kid, that adolescent, that parent, that grandparent are all experiencing the same Christmas, but they all experience it differently. But there's a joy to it. There is a value to it, but just in different ways. And your training will become that too if you allow it to, if you have the right perspective. But if you just keep searching and jumping from place to place in search of that, that new experience, that feeling of, you know, Christmas morning like a five-year-old, you are not going to become very proficient at anything. And you're not going to hardwire that stuff in to be able to use it as well. Because 
you haven't trained deeply enough at it. And you're not going to have an understanding of that as well as you could. So, so there you go. There is my how Christmas relates to your training. And the tip trick and the ta- tactic of it all is understand what season you're in. Keep going. And appreciate your training at deeper and deeper levels to gain mastery. And that mastery will help you to utilize those skills under real pressure of a situation in real time. So speaking of mastery, speaking of perspective shifts, get on my 6daydefense.com program. So if you get on 6daydefense.com, it's all spelled out except for the dot, you're going to get access to my home study course. And that is six days of training, two five-minute videos, one video for a concept and a mindset. The other video goes over a physical defensive tactic. And in six short days, you'll be amazed at what you can cover in this perspective of being a peace walker, of being a protector. So it doesn't matter if you have a lot of training, you're an you're a instructor, or you've never trained a day in your life. If you get on Peace Walker, Peace Walker, if you get on almost, jeez, <laughs> oh, I can't do it. If you get on 6daydefense.com, I think you'll be amazed at what you can learn in six days. That will add to your life, add to your practice. There you go. All right, gang, thank you so much for listening in. And I'll see you on the, the next episode. The question is, in today's day and age, how do you protect yourself, your family, and your community more effectively? Well, my name is Craig Gray, and today on the Peace Walker podcast, we're going to answer those questions and a whole bunch more. You're going to learn the power of protection, the art of influence, and the confidence of clarity as you build a protector's lifestyle to live, to protect, and to inspire at a whole new level.